You're listening to 92i Talks. In this episode, the cast of Pop TV's Shit's Creek, which includes Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Annie Murphy, and Daniel Levy, sit down with Ophira Eisenberg to discuss the second season of this fish out of water comedy. It was recorded on March 14th, 2016, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Well, I guess they liked the episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. It is my pleasure to be in conversation with the cast of Schitt's Creek, Eugene Levy, Annie Murphy, Catherine O'Hara, and Dan Levy. <laughs> now, you guys have been doing press uh, all day long. Came yeah. right from Fallon. They have. So We're yeah. just fresh. You're, you're yeah. fresh. Okay. Fresh, fresh little And it will show. And it will show. Good. Very good. But I was just thinking of all the press that you're doing, there is something very specific, not only about the fact that we're at the 92nd Y, but about this situation where I put myself, which is we are all Canadian. We are all Canadian. Back. Potentially all of us are here legally. Not sure. <laughs> And that's the last time I was here. Yes, which is a long time ago. On the panel talking about why are Canadians so funny. Yeah. That was 17 years ago. So uh, th this is... It's a strange is, yeah. story that we met 17 years ago on this very stage. I was a young stand-up, uh, barely, as I was saying, it was a volunteer career at the and time. And I was a young comedic actor. <laughs> And uh, you, the discussion was trying to get to the bottom of why Canadians are so funny. And you basically rolled out the conclusion. Donuts? It was donuts. Okay. It was uh, Tim Portons has... Timbits, yes. Timbits, the That's middle right. of the donut yeah. is called a Timbit. Okay. Uh, and it was all about the fact that Canada can even... It was the merit of the Timbit which is the little lump of dough that comes when they punch out a donut. The lump that comes out, they make into a ball, they deep fry it, and they sell those. Oh, I'm as, having a very as, hard time following. As Timbits, and the reason that it was kind of funny was because it, it appeared on the, I cut out a page of the paper, and it was a, an article on the merits of the Timbit on the second page of the first section of a Canadian newspaper. <laughs> And I said, this could be one of the reasons Canadians are so funny, because this is what we get every day in the paper. Yeah. Right, international news is on page seven. <laughs> Very good. So this is, uh, this is your probably, I think, a rare experience where your episode, a television episode that we only see usually in our homes, was appreciated by a large audience. You guys could yeah. hear the reaction. It's oh, crazy. <laughs> So, I mean, what did, Dan, what did you think of it? Did you feel like oh, this was a different response? It's nice to hear reaction. That's <laughs> yeah, a, right. I was sitting just back behind here, just fingers crossing that people would re react. <laughs> Fortunately, you did. So thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Yeah. No, nice work. Really nice. Do you think it's a there's a different uh, reaction here with the New York crowd? It did feel like there yeah. were different laughs, didn't it? And, and especially all the um, theater. Theaters, the theater, theater references. <laughs> did you say, yeah. ask, ask the audience who's been in a 
production of Oh, yeah, we should, by, the, by round of applause, <laughs> how many people here have been in a regional production <laughs> of <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's a lie. I think that's no, true. No, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. But as so, this this is your creation, right? This uh, is your no, your brainchild. An, well, it started as an, a seedling of an idea yes. that was mine, and then became an incredibly collaborative uh, project that that we all can claim as as our own. But yeah, I um, I was playing around with the idea of uh, you know this this collective consciousness that we have now about how wealthy people live, be it the a housewife or a Kardashian, and we know sort of the ins and outs of that lifestyle now, so I thought it would be funny playing on that cultural awareness of what would happen if a family like that were to lose everything. Um, and uh, we, we have seen it sort of explored in the sitcom world, but we, I'd never sort of seen it explored through the, I guess, through the lens of, of what these amazing people do so well, which is a very sort of character-driven, reality-based comedy. Um, so I turned to my dad, and we, we started to play around with, with that seedling. And, uh, and not to use a corny metaphor, but it sprouted into a wonderful, into a wonderful vine. Mm -hmm. oh. Yes. I don't think Flower. that's a thing. Yeah. And where along the way did the name come in? Well, the name actually uh, came in, uh, you know, my wife, uh, Deb, was kind of uh, working on a, had actually written a script about boomers and about kids, uh, about uh, uh, boomers having to move in with their kids and having a rough time, and we would go out with some friends of ours and talk about you know this premise, and and uh, so, and my friend uh, came up. Martin came up with the the idea that well, this town, what they're, they're really up Shits Creek, maybe and what and 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 maybe what if the town was Shits Creek, and and then we got into things about oh, then you could go to shit hardware and you could go to <laughs> shit foods and. And we, we, you know, over the dinner table, it was really funny. And at one point, when Dan and I were kind of getting together, fleshing out this story, and Dan brought in this article about this family that loses their money, and he brought in an article about um, Kim Basinger, Kim Basinger. Uh, who had bought a town uh, many, many years ago for a considerable amount of money. And, Didn't and work out. For Kim, it, it didn't work it, out for it, Kim. It, it, it did not work out, and and when when we when we when we kind of hit upon the fact that this family buys a town, this name Shits Creek just kept it was in the back of my head, and I said I think it has to be called Shits Creek, um, and that's how the marriage of those two things came together. How many times along the way of getting this show actually developed did some television executive, someone try to talk you out of that name? Seven. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, <laughs> we had many uh, conversations with um, some people across a conference table who sort of would lean in and say, what about up a creek? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> okay, we'll go with Schitt's Creek then, I guess. <laughs> We just never sort of, we never caved. 
Because up a I mean, up a kind of a no. show. What no. kind of a stupid idea? No. <laughs> shitty idea. Stupid. Shitty idea. And it must be fun doing press for this because I'm sure everyone has a different reaction as to whether they can say it, whether yeah. they can't say it. <laughs> yeah, Most it's a way bigger can't. deal than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. I, the pe people are very concerned about saying shit. Of all the things. S-C-H. <laughs> S-C-H, yeah. yeah. It is an Irish last name, to be fair. Of course it is. And there are people who live their lives with this last name. That's actually terribly We're unfair. living in a very progressive society, I hope, in the future here yeah. in America. Um, uh, <laughs> just remember. There's a lot of people here that, depending on how the election goes, Could are go moving to wow. hang out with you guys. They're all welcome. I think that's just Canada's new slogan, if it all goes wrong, is just, come on up. Come on. Come on. Um, it's not so bad it's once okay. you get it's in. Not, we're yeah. great. Really. It's Lovely. Right. Very accepting. Talk so. about refugees. <laughs> Along the process, did Catherine O'Hara come in to your minds as the perfect person that should be cast? Let me save you the trouble here. Huh? Because uh, uh, I, I, I'll heat up if anyone says anything nice about okay. her. Okay, Catherine Hayes. So, Catherine Hayes, when people talk about her and say nice things about her, she goes into hot flashes and things. And it's, not, <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not a good thing. So, uh, honestly, she was our last choice. <laughs> a lot of people we talked about that we wanted. <laughs> Uh, there was, there was. I gave you a big list. There, yes. Well, you didn't really want to do TV. You didn't want to, you did, you, you, you yeah. had, uh, you had uh, hesitation about kind of getting involved in a series. No, Catherine, of course, we wanted from the very beginning. And really, the, the thing was, could we talk her into kind of doing, committing to, to doing a series? Or just getting and, out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I like <Yeah>. my house. <laughs> And obviously, you two have worked together a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, you know each other originally from Second City? Yes. In Toronto? Well, I saw you. <laughs> I saw Eugene in Godspell first, and he was wonderful. He worked with, uh, he and his castmates were the coolest group of people. Yeah, who is, who is in that cast of Godspell? Oh, good cast. 1972 Toronto, the Toronto production. It was me, Marty Short, Andrea Martin, Gilda Radner, Victor Garber, and Paul Schaefer was our musical director. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. And and Catherine's brother was going was going out with Gilda. Yeah, until Marty at, stole at, her away. At the time. Yeah. Yes. And um, well, and so we would see each other. We would kind of see each other at parties and things, even yeah. though it was like Marcus's little sister. Uh, but we actually didn't meet till. I guess Second City when Catherine, uh, I guess, got, was working as a waitress in, right. in the uh, Second City Theater. And watching you on stage. Yeah. yeah. 
Someday. <laughs> but then, you, did you audition, or did they just did. turn to you one day and they were like, we need a waitress in a scene? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I auditioned, and I didn't get in the first time. And uh, Joe Flaherty, who was directing the cast at the time, said, uh, Kathy, audition. About your audition. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Waitress scene, I mean. Uh, <laughs> what? Yes, that's Joe. Oh. No. <laughs> Joe has a cruel streak. I knew he was being kindly cruel, cruelly kind. Um, <laughs> no, and then a really short time afterwards, uh, he made me the understudy for Gilda in Rosemary Radcliffe, the other girl in the cast. And short time after that, Gilda, uh, we did a trade with, the tr with Chicago. Chicago cast played the Toronto stage for four weeks, and Toronto cast played the, played the Chicago stage. And I got to go with them and understudy, which was great, because Bill Murray and John, John, not John Belushi, was he in the other cast? No, uh, no Bill he Murray, wasn't. Bill Tino was. and Sana. Yes. Yeah, just amazing cast, Betty Thomas and Ann Ryerson. Ann yeah. Ryerson. Sure. Um, and then Gilda, as was planned, Gilda left after two weeks and went to do National Lampoon, and I got to dare to take her place. Yeah, it, it was fun, great fun. Okay. And hang out with Eugene. We, Eugene and John and Danny and I, we were in one car, mind dreaming this up. Um, John to drive Daddy. to Chicago. Yeah. My mom and dad say, oh, take care of her. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they really? You say they're funny. Are they nice boys? <laughs> Not if they're funny. <laughs> so you agree to basically do a television series for the first time in a while, because you've been doing a lot of film. Agree, but also lucky, thank you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> nice uh, But also, you know, you agreed to walk into the family. Yeah. 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 Was there any hesitation about that? No, I only felt bad for Deb, his, you, your mother, your <laughs> wife. <laughs> She's the only one in the family who's not in the show. <laughs> no, otherwise, no, no hesitation. No. So. And then you get brought into this as the one person, I, I dare to say, have you known Dan since he was a, a baby? A, a baby. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you come in, you've, you don't know these people from 35 years or whatever. No, except I really know these people. But you really know <laughs> like, them. <laughs> and, and when I got the part, I was, I was cruising on such a high that I didn't really put together like exactly what I would have to do and go in and act with these people. Um, and so the night before, it just kind of dawned on me what I had to do the next morning. And I got, I've never been so terrified in my entire life. I got so nervous. And I was racking my brain for some excuse um, as to why I couldn't go into work the next day. And I couldn't think of one. Not one. <laughs> so I had to go into work. Um, but no, like after that first scene was out of the way, we got all the jitters. We found your groove. It's, yeah. it's felt pretty homey ever since. For me. Annie was amazing on her very first day. Honestly, nobody knew. I mean, if you were going through things, nobody would have guessed it in a million no, years. Not for a second. You you were just you came through like a powerhouse right right out of the gate and you know. <laughs> When you were, did you audition for this? Yeah. Okay, when you were, did you tell your friends, like, oh my God, I'm auditioning? Yeah. And did anyone, <laughs> <laughs> did anyone give you advice or a specific to this? Um, no, everyone was just so excited. Like, yeah. Um, 
the, the, the sides came and the audition came with these two names already attached to it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worked so hard at an audition in my life. Really? And, um, I made my husband rehearse it with me, like, just into the ground. <laughs> and then I got a call back, and then I actually auditioned for Stevie, too. Um, well, I have to step in at, at this point. Yes, please. Because uh, Annie came in when we were casting in Los Angeles, and at, you know we were seeing like hun like hundreds of people, wonderful people, Canadian um, people, huh? Canadian people. Canadian people. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Well, <laughs> wonderful Canadians. Um, They're all and, in Los Angeles. You know, there's there's something about. The, this family that, I mean, there had to be some kind of intrinsic likability to, to this family. Yes. Otherwise, there's really no reason to watch because on paper, they're not very likable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's uh, the whole point. They've fallen and you, you are. And you so there has to be like? something about, particularly, I think, the character of Alexis, and we've seen like socialites played out, you know, uh, till the cows come home, and they're not very interesting. Um, and Annie came in, and I had been sitting through two days' worth of auditions, and, you know, you see these girls come in, and they're, they're dressing like Paris Hilton, and they're playing, you know, that part, which was essentially the part that was written on paper, but what I was looking for was what Annie brought in, which was this sort of wonderfully um, natural likability to this girl who is so unlikable, who is so, <laughs> who is so, like, horrifyingly self-involved. <laughs> um, and yet she came in in like a kimono and a bun on her head and all the other girls were like in like pink dresses and their hair were done. And, and there was just this like, I didn't know what I was watching at first and then it just, <laughs> it all sort of fell into place and I called my dad and we had this conversation. I said, I found Alexis. Yeah. Thank God. Um, and then my dad's response, immediate response was, but she has brown hair. And we were like, so we had this back and forth. I said, listen, what could one do? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty sure we can take her to a salon. I'm sorry. Wow, and all fair. Sorry. And fix, and fix the, the, the problem. Um, <laughs> I had an image in my head. We did, we did the pilot, yes. We did a pilot with, with somebody else at that time playing Alexis. We did Alexis. the pilot with, Ab, with Abby did, Elliott. Yeah, that's right, and yeah. who, was, who was really good. Was and, lovely. And I just had this, you know, she was blonde, and I just had this, hmm, you know, once <laughs> I see it, it's there. I can't do anything about it, can't change my mind. <laughs> well, you to know? Abby's credit, Which she did a great job. Did a, yes, did a she great job. So she I had just, another job. I just all, had it was blonde, all kismet. that's oh. all. Yeah, not, that's you're, not. Wait, say, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love that you're finding out about this now. <laughs> anyway, um, so Annie came in, and to satiate the, the problem, I was like, well, she should then read for Stevie, because we're not not having her in the show. Um, and fortunately, everything, everything worked out. I love your hair. Yeah, in a big way. <laughs> See? Blonde. <laughs> you were right. But I love, it's, yes, character-driven, but I love this idea, too, about finding a way to make unlikable characters 
A, funny, B, likable, that you are strangely rooting for them either to continue failing or to rise up as one or the other. So, and that's, that is a interesting way to look at a character and I'm just wondering, you know, how, how do you approach a character like that? I would like to think the best way is probably not to try to be likable. And there's lots of great stuff on paper and actually sometimes in the first drafts, you'll have me say something to someone's face, it's just so blatantly mean and I go, no, 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 Moira thinks people love her. You know? Right. And she thinks she's a people person, you know, and always saying the right thing and engaging people and making everyone comfortable, you know. So, <laughs> so it's not, it's not, you know, it just, it, being likable comes so naturally to Moira, she doesn't have to think about it. You know, I think when, well, especially in writing, if you start make, I'd rather you go that way, actually, if, she, if she's tough and I have to soften her, but that's fine. <laughs> it's when you start softening people on paper, I think that it's, like, oh, you'd like us to like you, would you? Right. No, I don't know. I don't think, and I love, to, I love that we're not changing so quickly, you know? The changes are very subtle in the second season. And uh, I mean, all, for all of us, you know, it's nothing's, you know, it's like granite. We're not gonna shift that quickly. And that feels real to me. And, and also, I'm sorry, you're seeing these people at their worst, especially yeah. at the beginning, the first episode. You know, oh my, we had everything ripped out from under us. When people said, uh, you, you know, you're kind of nasty or something. Oh, and how would you behave <laughs> having your life? I'm sorry, you'd be cool? You'd be like, you know, it's, you're seeing them really at their worst at the beginning. But there was also a concerted effort to, to articulate the fact that this wasn't their fault. The, they lost their money by way of a crooked business manager and they didn't, they weren't bad people, they were just like incredibly blind to the way that, you know, the average person lives. So that was a really important piece of yeah. the narrative story because that I think allowed the audience to side with this family because they were sort of struggling and they were very unapologetic in their struggle. So I think that kind of s sadness hopefully would have hooked in, in the audience, or at least that's what we were hoping for. And even though we're so detached, because we've lived, because of money, such separate lives, right. um, we don't attack each other. That's what I love about this, without saying, oh, they're getting along, you know? Mm. We don't attack, uh, you know, Moira does not attack Johnny, and we don't need to put any more pressure on Johnny than he's obviously feeling himself. <laughs> I love the scenes in this, in this season of you in the office. When he's yeah, sold that car. Oh, selling the cars. <laughs> but we don't need to put any more on him. I love that we, that you don't mm -hmm. have us do that. <laughs> right, you're singing to him at the end. Yeah. We're married for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there is a real family there, and someday we may discover it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, I have to say, obviously, the, the costuming for you three is... <sighs> Un right, <laughs> fantastic. Daniel's and the part sweaters. Daniel's so many sweaters. So many sweaters. So many sweaters and pants. This is something. <laughs> and skirts. And Colossal. skirts. And, and this is something that uh, is, is that you put together. No, no, no. This is we have a costume designer, um, the amazing Deborah Hansen. She works on Orphan Black. She's she's right. wonderful. Um, and I worked with her, and you know, when we sat down to do the show, the interesting thing about the wardrobe on the show is that it's able to tell a story that we don't need to articulate in dialogue. 
Um, you can see that this family came from money every episode by way of their clothes, and that saves us a lot of exposition when it comes to mm -hmm. scripting. So to me, the wardrobe was an incredibly important part of this show because it was able to express that and because the audience would always have that link to their past. So when we sat down with Deborah before you know, putting the show together, I, I basically said, well, all their clothes need to be extremely high-end designer clothing. Um, this is a very small Canadian show. Um, her face went white. She was like, so by way of Zara isn't a thing that, and, and so we began to um, call uh, consignment stores and eBay and online sales and you called so between eBay? the two we called them. <laughs> called. Oh, Alexa. I don't have their number. Called them. <laughs> yeah. So Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> and we slowly do it, but it's I mean, it, you know, it really is it's three hundred and sixty-five days a year. We're working on the wardrobe of the show all throughout the year and it's finding between her and I, we're all finding things on eBay and, and pulling them together. And you know, as the season goes on and second season takes, I think um, I'll go with a bolder step in terms of the wardrobe. There's some bolder moves yes. I think that we make, um, and yes. it's just so much fun. Really? And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I can believe it. Yeah. Um, but Catherine comes into fittings, and we will have just the most things that you will see that show up that you think. I don't know what to, I don't even no. know how to put that on a we've body. Had three, <laughs> we've had three, four people around me, and all, I think maybe an arm goes in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's try this. Yeah, honestly, we've done this. And then she puts it on, and we're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, we have a lot, of, a lot of fun. And the jewelry, yeah, is also yeah. incredible. It's costume, though. <laughs> right. They, Harry they, Winston. They took, of, they took yeah. the real stuff from yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> they left me with the baubles. With yeah. the baubles. <laughs> you do, when people ask you uh, where Schitt's Creek is located, where do you tell them? Is Wherever it? you think it should be. <laughs> Uh, we, we, didn't, we didn't set Schitt's Creek in any location or any country. It is, it's just Schitt's Creek. We wanted, <laughs> we honestly wanted the focus of the show to be on this town. And if you put it in a country with real states or you put it in a country with real provinces and then things become tangible, you kind of know where you, it kind of diffuses the focus to me. So it was always, Schitt's Creek is the only place you need to know in this show, and Elmdale, <laughs> which is a bigger town of maybe 15,000. It's, it's a big town, and between, that's all we know, Schitt's Creek and Elmdale. So we don't really know where it is. It's not set in any one geographical locale, although we're pretty sure that it's somewhere in farm country. <laughs> but you were saying that people just assumed that the, because the family was in New York, that they were an American family? Well, yes, because, uh, be, well, because, you know, in Can you're talking about in Canada, because, you know, when you're shooting the show in Canada, there are kind of, you know, stipulations that, um, that you need, um, and they don't, they're not really, they don't really take to uh, a kind of American 
um, if this family was an American family from New York and you want to set this show in Canada, produce it in Canada, there, there are, you're going to run into problems because they're going to say, why is it not a Canadian uh, family in a Canadian town? <laughs> so w originally they thought that, uh, that because they mentioned New York you know, City that the family was from New York, and I said, well, where did, where, we never said the family was American. All we said was they had a place in New York. Like all billionaires, they have a place in New York, they have a place in Los Angeles, they have a place in London, they have a place in Paris, and they're going to reference all these cities. Um, and there's nothing to say this family is American, and there's nothing to say it's Canadian. It's just this is, you know, it's a neutral kind of territory. And also, I think, just to dig a little bit deeper, if we even can with a show like this, but I think <laughs> setting the show in a place where you don't care about where they are right. really focuses on the isolation of where that place is. And it's sort of a subconscious thing. You don't really know it when you're watching it, but there's really nowhere else. And without that context, I think it really focuses the audience in on this little, this little fish tank that they're in. It makes them feel more trapped. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing yeah. out there, it was wherever really, they are. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And a lot of it is filmed in uh, uh, Goodwood, Ontario? Goodwood, Ontario. Goodwood. That's a That's, place. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, it's they amazing. wondered about shits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goodwood. Poor Goodwood. Goodwood. Uh, but how is Goodwood reacting to it being Shit's thrilled. Creek. Yeah, yeah, they love it. Goodwood is thrilled to be Shit's Creek. <laughs> yeah. Um, lawn chairs. Lawn chairs. They've, yeah. you know, we were very apprehensive, I think, the going into Goodwood yeah. to pitch the show um, <laughs> because uh, what is that pitch? Hi, the family's in a... Eh. <laughs> and the town's called Schitt's Creek, so we're... <laughs> can we shoot here? <laughs> um, fortunately, someone said yes. I wasn't in that pitch meeting. I think our producer Andrew was involved in that or, or uh, someone. But yes, they did a great they, job. Yes, they went. Yeah. They had to talk to the town council and basically lay the groundwork. And uh, and uh, and the difference is, we went there the first year. Nobody knew what the show was, so we didn't really know how the town was going to react. But day by day, they would come out and hang around the set. And, and it's true, they would set up their lawn chairs on <laughs> on their front lawns and watch us shoot across the street. And it was it was it, 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 or just it, it, walk right into the right <laughs> right on set. Or, or right into the shop. Uh, never, never met more confident people in my life. <laughs> oh, hi. Just standing right beside They'd the They'd stand car. around the monitors in the director's yeah. booth yeah. and actually comment about it. You sure you want to keep this? <laughs> and uh, the second year, of course, in that interim uh, first year, the show uh, came out and it was a it did very well critically and with with the public and everything else. By the time we went back, the second year, they were proud citizens of Shit's Creek. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Are there uh, are they printing up T-shirts or doing any of their own? Wasn't there a baseball team or something that? The, the yeah. baseball team. Yeah, they did have a team that they cut was something like the Goodwood Cougars or something in some league that they actually changed uh, for one month, oh. changed the name to the uh, to the Schitt's Creek Cougars, Aww. and had T-shirts made up Schitt's Creek Cougars. So they 
That was pretty good. That's amazing. Now, you obviously have this amazing uh, on-screen chemistry and off-screen chemistry, I'm sure, too, but on-screen, we've just enjoyed you in so many things. What is it like for you to watch a scene of your son with Catherine O'Hara? He's only watching his son, and that's a good thing. <laughs> it's now, it's, 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 um, it, it's pretty... It's pretty spectacular and kind of surreal and it's you know because I stand back and I'm looking at both Dan and Sarah who plays Twyla um, I I mean just both doing such an amazing job but I sit and uh, and watch them two things when I'm when I'm watching them in a scene with like Catherine I just I can't there's not a day that I take for granted that my kids are acting in a scene with Catherine O'Hara, acting in a comedy scene with Catherine O'Hara and holding their own very well. Uh, and it's an odd thing to be actually working in a scene with the kids because you're actually acting, kind of. <laughs> I mean, you know, my, I mean, my, let's hope so. (laughs) I, because I would never, you know, never take the kind of back talk that David gives Johnny in in the, in in the show, but you have to act that in the, in the show. So that's, it's like an amazing thing. I'm actually acting with my son. And the same, same thing with Sarah. It's, um. Uh, it's actually for real. It's like a real professional show, and we're actually doing this for money. <laughs> I don't know. It's odd. The first time I was in a scene with you, I guess when we were doing that pilot presentation and the two of you were doing a scene in the motel room, it almost made me cry, really, the first time we were running through and looking at the two sets of eyebrows. <laughs> Oh, definitely one a little more refined <laughs> version, version of the, the two parents. But really, really was sweet. I think, oh my God, how wonderful for you. For, that was yeah. pretty special. For it was yeah. pretty special. You, it... that you thought that Daniel was just coming to you like any son coming to a father. You know, always oh, actually going to ask me for, for my ideas or my reaction. And then you're actually becoming partners. That's yeah. crazy. I just wondered when that got, when, when it actually became a thing, when you started being like, oh gosh, we don't know what he can do. <laughs> this was fun until it became a real thing. <laughs> well, you know, the scary then thing I'm is. I'm very we, nervous. No, no, no. He came, Dan, you know, came to me with this idea the first time ever that he came to me for anything because he always did things on his own even in school doing plays and things, and I would say, do you need any help? He'd say, no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> do you want to run lines? Do you want to run? I said, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. And that was it. It was just, I got it. I never thought that, you know, I mean, so when he actually said, do you want to work? I've got an idea. Do you want to work on it with me? I was just, I was tickled. And we started working on it, and as we got into it, I'm thinking, this is a great father-son project. This is, boy. How, how great is this? <laughs> and, uh, and then there was a point where I'm thinking, oh, God, what if he doesn't have it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do I reach a point where this is going nowhere? And I'm thinking, ooh, 
he can't write and he can't, how do you, do I just let it go? <laughs> or do I have to tell him, maybe you're barking up the wrong tree here, maybe, maybe there are other things you should be looking at doing. It's a dark conversation. And anyway, very, very quickly, it just, that just vanished because it was, he was, wow, way ahead of me in terms of. Eugene's the, the absolute cutest when he's watching Dan yes. act. He stands behind the monitor and he like... He's <laughs> <laughs> like mouthing, mouthing Dan's line and is like, right. like, a, like a dance mom like a dance doing the mom. choreography. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. I'm actually watching and learning. Yeah. <laughs> Were you raised in a funny household in your mind? Sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. My mom's really funny. My dad's yes. funny. I mean, you know, I think it's always been, there's, there's elements of, of, of real life that you bring into uh, the experience. I think what's been fun about writing for this family is that you really sort of, because it's behind closed doors, you get to articulate the weird darkness that all families have, which is just the freedoms that people can talk to, like, you know, the, just the things you can say to, just the way that even David and Alexis can, you know, can argue with one another and just, at the end of it, it's always love, but there's just those moments where you, and that to me is really fun, especially like the, you know, murdering first and the thing at the <laughs> bus where we're getting the things out and David, you know, he's, you that's the one. <laughs> um, you know, to write these really funny, candid moments, behind closed doors moments, that's what has been so great. And you know, yeah, it's been, it's been lovely. Uh, and for you, you had got to um, make out with mutt. Yeah, I just have to say. Uh, I was like, and, wow, this is such a fun role Ted. for, as I'm watching, I'm like, this is such a fun role for her. And then I'm like, whoa, this is a really fun role for her. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not bad. It's not a bad job. Uh, the first time I, um, Tim Rosan, who plays Mutt, and I... Fantastic to, job, Tim Rosan. Yeah. yeah. And that bod. But the first time we had to have like our big kissing scene, um, he had like that really dark beard in the first season. Too much. Too much. <laughs> it was too much. It was too much. We can admit that. And and whatever they were using on his face, like it wasn't. They didn't permanently dye his beard. It was like some kind no, of. No, no. It was it was um, eyelash. It was like, sh like shoe polish. Or Mascara. Mascara. Yeah. Wow. So eyelash anyway, so we stuff. have this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. Okay. Put it together. Anyway, that's what they were using. So we, yeah. so we, we have this, this like intense, passionate kiss, and I, we pull away, and Tim's face just goes entirely white, and I was like, oh my god, what? And I had his beard. Ah. All <laughs> over my face. Your burglar. Wasn't the cartoon. sexiest look? No, and you can see it actually in one take in the show. No. There's one moment that we couldn't 
Really? Well, the take was too good. You were doing t too good a job. We were doing too good a job. <laughs> anyway, there's just a bit of sootiness. <laughs> Covered up just beautifully, covered. by the way, by our lovely He lives makeup. in a barn. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. It's very dusty in there. Yeah. And what about Ted? She's got another lover. So I many know. lovers. I've got so much going on. It's, um... And who knows what season three holds, you know? <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the, the amazing thing about um, the Alexis <laughs> character is that, um, you know, you had to stick to reality in the first season. And, and we stick to reality in the second. But I think the reality of this character is that she has always been the focus of, of a man's desire. Right. And we don't want that as an audience for her. We want her to find herself. We want her to be the amazing person that she is. And deep down, you see that. She's like an incredibly generous person, blinded by her own self-interests. Um, <laughs> but season two, what's, what's lovely about season two is that we do get to sort of explore Alexis trying, at least, to focus on herself a little more. Um, and what that looks like is really, really lovely. There's some lovely, um, more emotional moments in the show. Um, and again, going to what Catherine was saying, is you don't want to make anything too soft. So ultimately, what's quite lovely about our show is if you show just genuine familial interaction, that's considered emotional. Right. On, <laughs> an audience might get misty-eyed over the fact that someone, you know, Talking to each hugs. Other. Yeah. Um, right. oh, yeah. They're being kind. They're being kind. <laughs> So we have a lot of fun with that in the second season. It's, it's rich. I think it's very interesting that you have written your character as pansexual. Yep. Which, I mean, uh, I used to call it being not picky, but uh, uh, fair enough. When I did it, uh, but, uh, but yeah. pansexual. I mean, that's yeah. you know, I said that to someone. I was like pansexual, and they're like, that's what the millennials are calling themselves, which I laughed. Oh. Well, um, but I guess that that is that, that made is, me feel very old, frankly. It's just who he is, and I think for us, the best the best part about writing that episode in, in season one, the uh, the honeymoon wow. episode um, was just that this, we didn't want to make a big deal about it because this family is like totally accepting. Right. So to just treat it like it should be treated was, you know, was a wonderful thing for us as opposed to having to turn yeah. it into, turn like it a into story a storyline or yeah. like a thing, you know. Oh, that's what he, yes. Oh, that's yeah. the, and you won the writing award for that episode. You did. Um. All right, we have some uh, questions that have been given to us from the audience that I would like to... Okay, let's start with a, a nice broad one. Any of you or all of you can answer this. What is your favorite part about playing your specific character? I love throwing muffins at people to get their attention. Yep. <laughs> the liberty to do that. They're yeah. like, again, you're like, all right. There are things that Alexis does that I would never, I would die if I did in real life, and it's so much fun to, <laughs> to play. Great. Yeah. What that muffin know? throwing was just, just what she thought was she needed to. You get couldn't reach over the attention. counter to tap her. It was the only Too far away. rational way of getting her attention. Throw something. Throw a muffin. Yeah, throw something. As an actor, so whoever wants to identify with that, mm -hmm. uh, what was 
What was <laughs> What was each of your biggest professional struggles? What What was your professional struggle? In I this guess starting or before? At, I'm going to say before. Oh. Getting a job? Getting a job, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. I, was, Actually, I remember uh, being uh, just out of high school and telling my mom and dad that I was going to be an actress. And my dad said, I can get you a job at CPR, Canadian Pacific <laughs> Railway. And why can't you dress like the girls in Montreal? And <laughs> we'll get you a job at the office. Like, no, no, I'm going to do it. And there was a, a, a rough, I kept a diary. And I wouldn't say journal, because that would be way too lofty for what I was writing. <laughs> <laughs> Slept in again. And I found this a while ago, my, or my sister was holding onto it and gave it to me, and said, they still want me to move out. I don't know why, what have I done? They're giving me, you know, they're giving me too much. I have a, you know. And then so trying to, I guess just trying to start it off, something you think you're, you're going to be able to do someday. I don't know, anyone Any, else? Annie, I've, uh, I've got a good one. Uh, okay. Annie had a pretty funny. <clears throat> um, I call it funny, but I guess it's... Well, it starts it's, off it's with hysterical. the house burning down, so it's not that funny. Oh, that wasn't the story I was going to tell. So my house burned down, and then I, I hadn't worked for, like, a really long time, and I kept getting, like, narrowed down to me and one other girl, and I was always the girl waiting by the phone that never rang. Um, so I was in L.A. for pilot season, and I had just botched an audition, like it was just, I still have terrible dreams about it. Um, <laughs> and I just like, I had this horrible moment where I realized that I didn't think I could do this. And, and I uh, started crying a lot. And then my husband was like, this is ridiculous, we're going to the ocean. And so he drove my crying, like disgusting, snotty body to the, to the water and made me get into my underwear and like threw me in the ocean and <laughs> it was like, get it together, now you're, you're baptized, like everything's gonna be fine. I was like, no, it isn't. <laughs> and then, um, and then. I can't believe this is your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, literally the next day I got the audition for Shit's Creek. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Where were you that you were driving to the ocean? Where, where did you begin? I was in LA. Okay, you were in LA. Yeah. <laughs> it was Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> Stop crying, we're almost there. <laughs> Eugene, other than this project, what is your favorite project that you've worked on? Oh boy, that's tough, because I've got a few of them, actually. I mean, <clears throat> they're... Uh, they're you two could get along. <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to yell out Dumb and Dumber. -er. <laughs> uh, Dumb and Dumber! Uh, almost Heroes. <laughs> almost Heroes. Ah, Guy Frontenac. I don't know. I would have to say, <clears throat> obviously, um, two things. American Pie, which kind of... I mean, what that did... That that really kind of was a, a bit of a turning point, you know, because it it just it, you kind of went from kind of a working actor to kind of being in a hit film, uh, which is great. And then the and then I think all the yes, Guffman and and Best in Show. I think all the all, 
I mean, all, all four of those movies were just such an amazing um, experience. And, um, yeah. Aw, that was fun. And SCTV. Um, you know, which, which is the, um, the, that's what I'm saying, it's so hard to kind of pick one thing, because any one of those things can, you can say was a fantastic experience. So it's, you know, when you're involved in the world of comedy, every experience should be a great experience, because if you're not having a good experience making a comedy, something ain't working. <laughs> right. Yeah? Now, as people were yelling out different projects, when a fan approaches you, can you tell what project, like if they are waiting for a Guffman fan or Essie, can you tell who they are? By their they... two left feet. <laughs> <laughs> what? Two left feet. That was always a tip off if they come up and look down. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, you know, I've been lucky to have, I think people that do come up, uh, you know, fans are all, I, I, I would say, my fans, if I can say that, are all very civilized. They all just, you know, they love your work, Mr. Levy. Thank you. You know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh, there was a time, though, when um, American Pie came out, where everywhere oh. we went, every yeah. restaurant we went to, yes. at dessert would come, <laughs> and there would be like, a waiter or a waitress who would be like, it's on the house. <laughs> and at this point, we'd had like 9,000 slices of apple pie, which was a wonderful thing, but you That's always true. sort of had to be like, oh. That's true. <laughs> right. That is very true. Every the whole every, family just feigning, you know, being surprised by the every cake. wedding I went to. <laughs> You know, the room would turn around as somebody's bringing something to the table. <laughs> Apple pie. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, I have to tell that I was uh, shopping at Trader Joe's before Christmas, and a, a lovely-looking young couple's over here, and, and uh, they look and they smile, and I smile back, and they go, hi. And I go, hi. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you doing? Great. <laughs> so I'm picking out, or look back, they're like. <laughs> I said, do I know you? Do I know you? Yes. Oh my God, how do I know you? And the rest of the conversation was, trying, was as if I was denying everything. I said, how do I know you? <laughs> I know you? Sex positive LA. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> Thursday nights is awesomely anal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Am <laughs> I going too far? No. Have no. I, have I ruined everything? No. 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 I. I, I never. Ever, is that where you were supposed to have recognized them? No, that's how. Yes, that, and I was. I see. I was denying that at some point we'd pleasured each other, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it got. It was so pathetic. <laughs> it was so pathetic that I actually got to the point which I would never do. I swear. Oh well, most people don't recognize me for 
sex positive out? No, mom, most because it was Christmas, <laughs> on my defense. I said, most people, you know, maybe home alone. And they both look at each other and go, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Boy, I just turned things. No, no. I think it was just like we were all taking in a lot of information. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think there are a lot of members out here. It's like, what, what's the joke? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, sex positive New York. It takes, uh, it takes place in the back of a Trader Joe's. <laughs> you can find it online. Sunday it's pretty night. Wow. Thursday. Sorry. That was a first. All right, Dan. I kind of hate to do this to you, but I will do it. This is written by a major fan from Winnipeg. Okay. Dan, what is the most intimidative, uh, intimidative, yes, aspect of working with the genius of your father Aww. and the genius of Catherine and the genius of Annie? It was in here, but I just, yeah, I, I was just kidding. Uh, well, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's, I think for Annie and I both, we've sort of gone through this whole experience together. Um, I came from hosting television, so this is a new venture for me in terms of acting. And right, you came from MTV I, Canada, I right? MTV yeah. Canada, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, a lot of people watched. Um, <laughs> so, but ultimately, you know, there's, I, I was feeling the pressure. I knew he was feeling the pressure. I knew that I had to... I couldn't really, you know, I, it wasn't, bombing wasn't an option because we had a production budget and 13 episodes to shoot. Um, but ultimately, it's a masterclass in comedy. I mean, you can't, you cannot find better examples of people to learn from um, than these two lovely people. So, three. To shoot, the three, but I was saying Annie and I. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't in there. Together in the. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it was incredibly intimidating. Um, but fortunately, um, they're just very humble, lovely, generous people when it comes to the craft of, of acting. So to... I think a know. scene is an equal playing field. You're all there in character. So there's no, no kidding. There's yeah. no hierarchy. It's a very really. Canadian discussion. No, these right guys... No, it's are true. Yeah. It is true. Your, your, your job equal. is to be someone else in that moment, and you're all depending on each other for that. There's no... I know, but have you done this for real as many times as I have? That is the case. <laughs> that's the case most of the time. That's what? The case. No. Yes. I mean, yes. people look at you as if. Yes, I feel like a lot of the time in film and television, depending on who you're working with, uh -huh. if you are a junior in a situation with certain experienced actors, there is power levels and there's things at play and that's the people around them too though isn't it it's I'm how sure. the director's treating them and not talking to you or, yeah. yeah i was in a scene once with two movie stars and <laughs> yeah no i was in, oh i was in a scene with three movie stars and the director said i got to reblock this it's starting to really look like a triangle it's just a triangle one of us wasn't in there <laughs> <laughs> but i think it is the people around no, you think it's the actors? No, I think it's a combination of both. I, I, yeah. But to, the, to your credit and to my dad's credit and to the, the show's credit, I think it's, yeah. it's a really lovely place to come to work. So the intimidation um, was, was there maybe for the first day, but mm -hmm. that all went away when, I mean, I'm speaking on your behalf now. But Go, do, do it. It was, you know, it was very, it's a very lovely place to come to work. And you, this is scripted. Is there any improv happening on set? Between? Yeah, I mean, lines? I think this, 
the scripts are primarily um, the, the foundation of, of what we work off of, and then there's certainly some, some room for it, sure. It, the, script ins the scripts are great, so they inspire things of once course. in a while, and you try them, and they get used or they don't yep. get used, right? Yeah, the scripts are, we, we stick to the script, basically, and then we get to the floor, <clears throat> and, and when even stuff in the script, when you actually get on your feet and do it, you find, hmm, this isn't working quite the way it was looking on the page, so we kind of rework it, and, and, you know, everybody contributes, and there are times, mostly later in the day, when, you know, a scene will just go on past the point of when it actually ends on the page, <laughs> And a lot of times, those moments are really funny, and, and we end up using those moments in the show because they're really, really funny. Um, it's just very collaborative. Yeah. I think even in terms of crew and their input and our directors and all yeah. the actors, it's, uh, you know, I sat down with, with Annie and with Emily Hampshire, uh, the amazing Emily Hampshire. Stevie. Yeah. Um, um, before we started, and I, you know, we... we looked through the first episode. I remember those that afternoon very clearly, and we just said, it, you know, I said to them, is there anything that doesn't feel right to you as someone who will be walking into this character? Is there anything that we can adjust as, as a writer? Is there anything we can work with? And I think that, you know, that there's that, that com collaborative, you know, sensibility has, has sort of run its way through the show, and I think that's why there's such an ease to the performance, because I think there's, everyone sort of feels yeah. quite comfortable. And, and, and in terms of performance, too, this is, I mean, honestly, every, I mean, the fact is, yes, we've been doing this for a while, but every single actor, it's such an amazing cast, and every single person, Annie and Dan and Emily and Dustin Milligan, who plays Ted, and Tim Rozon, who plays Mutt, but the, the younger contingent, right. mostly, everybody's just holding their own and doing such a great job. Um, they're all bringing what they give to the show in such a big way. It's, it's not like there are people on the show that can, in a couple of years, they might learn a thing or two. <laughs> right. They're already there. They're already there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is the merits of a strong cast. So this is why I love this question. Love this question. Which scene was the most challenging to film and why? This person wants to know, tell me about a disaster. Go. I would say Catherine and Dan in the... the bugs? The, oh. Uh, oh, that's because we were laughing, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. The Alley Vu episode was a, yeah. was, a funny, was a funny one. When I we lost. were selling the, selling the, uh, the Arbon products. Um, and there was, it's, yeah, anyway, there's a lovely outtake where Catherine's trying, trying to do her sales pitch. I can't. Can't get through it. Because your face, he had this sad self-tanner thing on. I had a lot of on. on. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you are not the actor that Moira is. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a spiel that you'd memorized. And every time I looked at your face, it was just fear, <laughs> the deepest terrifying fear in his eyes. Oh, it just killed me. I was, yeah, I was I, like trying to do a lot of... I think hard scenes, though. There were some, there have been scenes where they require a little more acting out of us, perhaps. <laughs> it gets scary. Well, Phew. Dan has a really difficult time anytime we're on location because he has a real phobia of anything that flies. 
and we're <laughs> we're shooting. <laughs> we're shooting uh, outside out in the, the barn in June. Yeah. So everything's flying. And uh, in June, in June, in June, and June bugs, June bugs, and they're attracted to the lights that we have set up for for to night. To my credit, they had just <laughs> burst from there. <laughs> like it wasn't like. It wasn't, people are picturing like a country night. No, it was like invasion, it was like a plague of them. Like they had all, they had all sprouted and they were all fresh and June bugs don't have eyes. You know, for, big, for big bugs, they're really stupid. <laughs> They'll fly right into you. Oh, and the light was right behind so we were you shooting, so they went after you. We were shooting yeah. um, the second to last episode where we go into the barn for Moira's surprise party and we're all dressed uh. up in our suits. And there are two-inch June bugs flying all over the place. And not just flying, like, there's the sound that it makes when an oh, ear, yes. when a, like, when the vibration of a wing whizzes by your ear. Yeah. And they were all, so we've been trying, and it was just take after take. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> and I, Seemingly was just me that was being affected by these bugs. You were right Everyone by the light. Else, we were, were, yeah, uh, they yeah. knew that I was scared, probably. Right? <laughs> and eventually there was one that just hit me square in the neck and then fell down my shirt. <laughs> and, and Dan went from like doing his lines, doing his lines, and all of a sudden he was just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And like his face went white and he just like ran. I have just never like, sworn no. like I've sworn that day in the my F entire was life. The flying that night. Oh yeah. It was incredibly unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and then we all make our, we all, we all make our entrance into the barn. Yeah. <laughs> the one take that we actually were able to use was all of us walking in, and you see David kind of walking in, and he's kind of. <laughs> that was great. That was a funny night. Was... All we did was laugh at him. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to help. We didn't know. Yeah, no, I was no. in my own hell for just a good. <laughs> I asked this question about a disaster, and you guys are like, remember that time there was so much joy on the set, we could barely get through a scene? Sorry. And then Annie's like, remember the time the bugs attacked you? <laughs> I, could, I get the dynamic. Exactly. I don't think she'll ever forget no, that no, day. I that was one of her sorry, happiest like days. <laughs> Living for it. I literally just sat and watched and laughed. <laughs> laughed. You have a, a lint on your oh. pants that's been really oh, annoying. Oh, this bug. Thank you Thank for that. You. Thank you. Nobody can see it, but I'm glad I've removed it. There's a big it. spider crawling. <laughs> Catherine, that is some crazy OCD that just happened yeah. right there. Sorry I like about it. that. You're telling me. Uh, so I've been looking at it all night, too. Okay, good. But I thought the audience can't see good. it, so it's okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Catherine, who are the influences for Moira's character? P.S. We love you, XOXO, Scott and Ryan. Oh, thank you, Scotty. Eh? Uh, <laughs> uh, I just, I just, first of all, wanted to be more feminine than I am, and I didn't want to. I, I used, to, I remember improvising at Second City. It was too easy to go into kind of 
bitchy, angry wives. And I would do that way too often. I don't know who I was channeling, but it would just, I guess myself. Um, but I would <laughs> do that. My future self. I was not married at the time. Um, and, and, you know, these, these people are really in trouble, and this, everything's lost. And, you know, so I just had a fear. It was more defensive kind of creativity than anything proactive. Um, yeah, so I wanted to be more feminine, and I know a woman who is, whose husband was famous, and, and uh, you wouldn't know him. And, um, <laughs> and she's just really, really feminine. De Deb's wife, she always feels like a, I'm Deb's wife, Eugene's wife, Deb, always says, I feel like a man next to her. You know, <laughs> she makes every woman feel like, because she's just soft, it's all soft. And she also, uh, one of the things I stole from her was her, um, you know, as if she looks up different words every day and then misuses them. <laughs> but at least makes the effort. Really makes the effort and won't, you know, it's fun trying to come, you know, working on the dialogue because, you know, just I will not say things like other people do. <laughs> and you're lazy if you don't make the effort. <laughs> you know, so, which is not that person, but I, sometimes just to get out of my own head, I don't know if you guys do this, but to get out of your own head, you just, Pick something, even if you're wrong, you're misreading it completely about someone else. It's like, that'll take me away from me, and it just helps carry you somewhere else. And writing for Moira, I have, Moira, I have a, a thesaurus app <laughs> on my computer. Oh, yeah. And every time right. there's a word that you think, like, we can't have her say I'm happy, what's the most uncomfortably <laughs> <laughs> pretentious way of Describing happiness. I love an evening with when she's on. An evening with. Yes, for, an evening with. Perhaps. <laughs> and your character of Johnny is is pretty like he's holding everything together. It's a little more straight uh, than than other little. characters you've pay, played. Yeah. yeah. No, that was uh, that was that was really the that was kind of by design. Um, uh, wanted to keep and was very excited about playing a character that is perhaps the straightest thing I've done because I've played some out there characters, <laughs> but this was really something I was looking forward to just being the just being kind of the straight guy that keeps the story moving and you know surrounding yourself with kind of funny people and it was a, a kind of an exercise that i i was excited about uh, doing. So yeah, it is, it's, it's a kind of a straighter way to go for me. And, I'm, and I think you need that character. You need that person that is kind of the straight person that kind of grounds everything that's happening around him, the guy that really is trying to keep the family together, th that's trying to be positive, that's trying to keep a positive outlook on this whole mess. And, and um, um, and I'm having a ball playing this guy. Eugene, it's also hilarious. Oh, yeah, and it's oh, also so pathetic, hilarious. selling the car. Yeah. Oh, boy, <laughs> he's, he's back in, he's yeah. back in. <laughs> All right, so we have time really for one more question. I, I feel like I can't pick it. Can you just pick one and I'll ask you a question? <clears throat> or you can ask Do I get to ask you? Sure, would you like Oh, to? it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm the asshole that picked his own question. <laughs> Uh, Dan, how many, <laughs> how many people are in the writing team, and how does the writing process work, and how involved are each of you? Um, well, there's, there's about seven 
Season two, we had more. We had about eight or nine. Um, and it's a very collaborative team. We work uh, on the entire season. We write the entire season before we shoot it. Um, and, you know, it's really about just sitting down as a group. And, you know, we have a wide cross-section of, of writers from, you know, from 27 to... 73. Short. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. Um, 73, and you know, and the experience you get out of that cross section is invaluable for this show because I think, you know, it 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 balances so lovely the the sort of younger world of all these sort of you know twenty somethings, thirty somethings, yeah. and then and then the, the parental generation. Um, Diplomatic. And and you know that's been really fun to do, and I also feel like all of our writers are. You know, we've kept most of our writers through the first season, second season, and now into the third. And um, I think there's just a lovely commitment that our writers have to the show. They love the show, and um, you know, there's a heartbeat that that pulses through the show. And I I hope that the audience can feel that. And I think it grows from season to season. I mean, ultimately, you start out with this family that is so dismantled, and the goal is how do you put them back together in a way that is not saccharine that is true to who they are as people, um, but also, you know, that, that proves that there's love there. So the second season, I think, is really just, you know, for us, what was, what was fun about it is we're exploring what, what love is to this family and, and how it rears its head from time to time. Um, and I think, you know, I think you guys have hopefully a, a, a lovely season ahead of you, so. Oh, that's for sure. Um... <laughs> We got a taste of it, and everyone here absolutely loved it. Can money solve your problems? What do you think? Can help? Can help, yeah? <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay, everyone. So. Yeah, sure. All right, good to know. So, world, yeah. big round of applause for the cast of Chip Street, Eugene Levy, Annie Murphy, Catherine O'Hara, Dan Levy. Thank you so much for Thanks for listening. 92Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92yondemand.org. <laughs>